Parenting's a tough gig. It can be really easy to disappear into your role as a mum or dad and be defined by your children. But it's important to set boundaries, not just so that you can be the best version of yourself and be a better parent, but also so that you can set a good example for your kids, letting them know that they can and need to set boundaries so that they can grow into well-adjusted adults. Welcome to Growing Pains, a podcast by Honey Kids Asia that explores the challenges of modern parenting and provides a safe space for parents to navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenthood. My name is Ange. I'm a mum to two boys, Xavier, who's 11, and Marcel, who's nine. In this episode, we chat with life coach and mum of two, Priyanka Tikugupta of PTG Wellness about navigating boundaries with her family. We're going to learn about how her experiences as a life coach have informed her parenting style and significantly improved her relationship with her kids. Hi, Priyanka. Thanks for joining us today. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Now, I want to dive straight into the topic for this episode of the podcast. We're talking about boundaries. So why do kids need to learn to set boundaries and how important is this? Yeah, thank you for asking. So before we go into that question, I want to give this metaphor that I was thinking probably is what I think about boundaries. So having no boundaries in life is like driving a car with no GPS system and even worse, someone else's GPS system. And I guess that's kind of important, right? So why I think boundaries are important is as so a lot of the adults who come to me for therapy or coaching, when we sort of work with them, we like, I recognize that most of them are living a version of their lives that they have perhaps been conditioned to believe is the right version. And for some it works, but for some after some time, it kind of starts coming in their way of being the, the person they want to be. And the second thing I want to say is that most of the our belief systems, our values that we have as adults about, I guess, most of them are installed in us between the age of zero and seven years of age. And a lot of us adults are really using only 5% of our conscious mind. But the 95% of our subconscious mind is where all these beliefs, all these values, all these behavioral systems are stored. So if we teach our kids when they're in the age of absorption and, you know, they start receiving the right values, the right belief systems, the right, you know, what's good, what's not, what's acceptable, what's not. Well, then most of them will not come for therapy <laughs> as they grow older. But more important than that, I think they will, more people will love themselves more. People will have more respect for them. So, I mean, the, the bottom line that I see in most adults is when you come drill, drill, drill you know, keep chunking down. You know, they might come to you for a reason or, oh, I want this promotion or I want to set up my business. But essentially all it really chunks down to I'm not feeling worthy of love or I'm not worthy of myself or I'm not worthy of respect or recognition. It's important to teach children boundaries because that's the age when they're absorbing, they're learning. So the way we teach them ABC, one, two, three, it's important to teach them how to actually know themselves, what's acceptable, what's not, so that they can install their own GPS system in their cars as they drive the journey of life. So what are some of the common misconceptions about boundaries and how can these be overcome? Yeah, I think boundaries is a bit of a loosely used word. And I like to add the adjective healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. So boundaries doesn't mean to be rude to people or to be selfish. 
but it's really about telling people or telling yourself actually like this is what's important to me these are my non-negotiables and if i am not able to communicate that to the rest of the world then i'm only allowing myself to be a victim of what the world tells me to do so you know when you have the puppet show so the puppet has strings right so if if you don't have your own boundaries you are almost giving the right to those strings to other to the people to the world to pull those strings but if you are your own mask you know the 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 puppeteer of the puppets then you tell people this is how i want to live my life this is how i want to this is important to me and it doesn't necessarily need to be rude um so so i think most people think oh you're rude or you're too blunt or you're so selfish but it's a bit like saying to them unless i feel worthy of myself unless i feel respectful i can't bring that out to the world because my what happens inside me is what will happen outside me and then what are the different types of boundaries that children should know about and perhaps tell us or you could give us some practical tips in terms of speaking to our kids about them Sure. So I think for kids depending on which age but I think generally speaking even till the age of 18 I would say there are three important boundaries. One is physical space. Yes. The second is emotional boundaries and then the third is depending on how spiritual you are as a family. So what I like to do is I like to agree as a family what are our non-negotiables. So everybody's boundaries will be different. For some people, you know, sort of patting myself on the back is fine or some people hug is fine, but for some people it's not. So understand what are the non-negotiables of your family and then have a communication have a very open chat with your children depending again of how old they are because communication to me is really important if you want to set boundaries. And then teach your children in different ways of how to communicate that to others. but more importantly if they don't believe this is important they will not communicate it mm. so have a very open conversation make this something that you discuss on the dinner table as well so for physical space i think if sometimes and it probably doesn't happen so much in singapore but there are countries like you know where there's a lot of population of people you know sometimes people stand really close to you or they literally breathe down your neck yes and it's okay to say to them that hey you know i recognize you know so so the from the framework i use is observation impact and recommendation so you give that observation to the person say hey i'm i'm noticing that you're standing a little too close to me and then you you know you obviously don't say the impact of that i mean depending on who you're talking you can just say that makes me feel a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. so i would really like you to move a little bit further away so if you follow that feedback model observation impact to you and recommendation it's really very non-judgmental there's no defense you know you almost don't give people a way to defend that feedback because people are like okay The second thing, you know, for example, for emotional. So one of my my younger one had a friend who, for some reason, just you know, after her birthday celebration, she came for her birthday celebration, and then suddenly one fine day decides to not speak to her at all. And my my younger one was a bit disturbed. She came and talked to me about it. Oh, it's and crushing when your friend says I don't like you anymore. And she, you know, in, in their world, they're like she left me unread on WhatsApp. You know, so it's it's really hard. And luckily, it was the break, so we all went on a break. She came back from her school holidays, and I say, so how's that friend? She says she's still not talking to me. And then three months later, she comes to this friend comes to her and says, I'm really sorry. I want us to be friends again. 
And in the middle, obviously, my daughter and I were talking and I said to her, I said, look, maybe there's something going on with her. It's not about you. So reminding my child that, you know, so the way that I kind of helped her set that emotional boundary is that there's nothing wrong with you. There could be something happening with other people. So, you know, helping them kind of distill the emotional aspect of it. But I was really proud because my younger one, when this friend said to her, like, hey, let's be friends again, my younger one actually told her, she said, you know what, I'm really glad you've come back, but I would need time to become friends like you, the way we used to be. And I thought that was really amazing because, and that only came from a place of having that self-love, that self-respect, that I have a voice. Mm. I could speak about this in a way that is important to me. The third, I think, is spiritual boundaries. So again, depending on how important it is to you as a family, you know, I I like to create a feeling of self-discovery, self-love and, you know, just reflecting. So if, if your child does something wrong, you if you as an adult say, my God, you're really stupid or you're not going to get this or no, why are you not like that friend? What happens is you're actually creating that belief system in your child that he or she is really stupid. Versus then telling the child that, hey, you know, let's just pause here and then let's reflect on what's happening and asking your child then to think about what they could have done better or what they could have done well. Now, you might you know, might argue like, is this really being spiritual? And I think, I, I you know, one of the other things I like to do is spirituality and practicality are same. Mm-hmm. Because what you're teaching your child is looking inwards, reflecting on what happened, and then coming out with the belief system that, yeah, this is what I could do. So you're teaching them how to recognize themselves more. And spirituality is all about self, self-love, self self-leadership, self, you know, recognizing what's working, what's not working. So there are ways that I like to teach my children, you know, the importance of setting and actually practically, you know, sort of walking the talk on these physical, emotional and spiritual boundaries. So on that, how can we as parents help to empower our children to stick up for themselves if others ignore their boundaries? I think parents... And this is something I learned a little late in the day, but still I learned it, is that we as parents are always um, are role models for our children. So we are always modeling, whether we like it or not, they're, they're looking at us. They're checking in, they're seeing how we're behaving. So if we tell them to stand up for themselves, but if we don't stand up for ourselves, they'll have a conflict. So to me, the first and the most important, if you do nothing, even if you just model the right behavior, so so walk the talk, show them, you know, in a situation that this is possible. So for example, if I tell my kids that it's important to meditate or it's important to do some physical exercise and I don't do any of that, they're not going to ever learn that value system or that, you know, self-leadership aspect. Mm. So modeling is really important and more so when they're younger because they're the only person that really looks, they're looking up is you. And all their belief system, remember I mentioned the zero to seven years of age, all their belief systems, majority of them are created created when they're zero to seven years of age. Mm. So modeling is really important. The second is allowing them to feel love and um, support at home. Because if they, even home is a place we all just come and literally put our feet up. So if they don't feel that environment at home where they can come and share what's really going on and then they don't communicate to you, you will never know where your child is either failing or not succeeding, you know, or doing well in setting a boundary. Mm. So having that environment at home where they feel like, yes, this is a place they can come, they can relax, they can be themselves. Because, you know, we all go out to the world, we have to certain, you know, put up a certain version of ourselves and we come home. 
So I have my kids literally sprawled on the floor when they come home with the dog. And it's like three of them on the floor. Like it's like having three dogs in the house. So, but it's, it's, it's comforting, you know. So, so I think mod, uh, communication, modeling. And then if there's a third, I would say is sometimes being open as parents to be okay to be challenged. You know, your kids are mirroring you and they will also be your mirrors. So sometimes they will say things to you that you may have thought of. Or sometimes you may not even have thought of, but they will make it sound like, you know, they will they will allow you to rethink. And if you are an open mindset person, if you're willing to learn and listen, it's okay to be challenged by your children. I love the part about communication. I think it's so key in terms of this topic. But I also think, you know, being honest that we can't be perfect all the time. And when we are the role model for behaviours and things. There are days where we have a bad day and it's okay to acknowledge that with our kids as well because there's so much pressure on us, you know, and as you say, like from zero to seven is when they kind of build up all this self-esteem and figure out who they're going to be in the world in terms of that, you know, I really don't want to stuff that up. (laughs) But it's also being able to go, do you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm going to do the best I can. And yeah. So what do we do in that instance if we are failing miserably? (laughs) No, but you're absolutely right. I think... It is, it is, um, I mean, it is a hard job being a parent, you know, and it's, it's one of my, I I say this to my clients, I said, you know, uh, my two most difficult clients are my kids, because I don't know what they want. At any point of time, the last strategy doesn't work. And I have to keep reinventing myself. But I think you're absolutely right. If you, so again, if you think about modeling, right, if you show them that it's okay, that you're having a bad day, you're also teaching them that. You're also teaching them that it's okay, you make mistakes, but then yes, you learn from them. So my daughter, this was funny because, you know, once I got into this whole personal work on my own, self-leadership, my daughter literally about a year ago said to me, she said, I'm not, I'm not sure what you did, but I'm really glad you left your corporate job because you're just a nicer mother now. And I said to myself, oh my God, this is the universe talking to me that you're on the right path. And then she said, you know, when I was 10 and I was 12 and she listed like she obviously had gone for therapy herself because she had like these incidents that, you know, I, I probably was not nice to her. Yeah. And the older me would have said, how dare you talk to me like this? And I'm your mother and da, 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 da. And I just looked at her and I said, I'm really sorry that I did that to you. And I'm really glad you're telling me now. But I, I promise to not do that. Mm. But yes, you know, mama can also make mistakes. And, you know, there are days when I cry, there are days, and I I think crying is again very overrated. I mean, I tell people like crying is like sweating in the mental gym, like it's okay to release it out. So you, you are absolutely right. You have to, you know, the modeling is both the good and the bad, like just be more human. I actually think it's important for us, for our kids to see us fail sometimes and not in terms of obviously we don't want to do it in respect to them but being able to say to them do you know what mummy made a big mistake and for them to go oh she is human she isn't this kind of shining beacon of perfection because if we're setting ourselves up for that we're going to fail but also we're not going to allow them to be able to succeed either right if we're seen as this vision of perfection all the time absolutely and I tell this to my kids I said there's no failure there's only feedback Mm -hmm. so if you don't do well it's okay that, yeah. that there is a lot of feedback in there. Look for that. To me, if if you the only time you really fail is if you make the mistakes again and again and you don't pause, you don't reflect and you don't ruminate That's about right. It. We need to learn from them. Yeah. So how do we address situations where our boundaries 
diametrically different or conflict with our child's boundaries. So for instance, if I want my child to do one thing and they don't want to do it, what do we do? Yeah, that's a hard one because I think it all starts with going back to the to the whiteboard, right? So what is a non-negotiable for you as a family? So what are the value systems that are, um, this is a boundary for our family. So if honesty, respect, all of that is a non-negotiable. If it doesn't hit that, then it's important to, again, communicate to them that this is why. But you could probably share that in the model of, you know, I'm observing that you're, you know, you're being dishonest a few times. The impact of that is it, you know, makes me wonder what's really going on. And, you know, my recommendation would you to you is like, come and talk to me before if you're not sure about a decision. So so going back and make, being clear on what are non-negotiables and using that feedback model to communicate. The second I think would be is asking yourselves what about that thing that they're doing is making you uncomfortable as a parent. So taking some time to reflect on that. So for example, my daughter wanted to go to this uh, party, which was like the party of the 11th grade, everyone was going and I just said no. And I'm normally a very open forward. And I just said, no, you're not going. And the reason I said to her, I said, look, you are not 18. I'm not allowing uh, any situation to come up where you could be in danger. Because, you know, we know the laws and everything. And this is a very critical time for you. And then I said, you may not understand this right now because you're obviously 18. And I was like that when I was 18. But someday you'll thank me for it. So to me, that was a non-negotiable, you know, as much as open I want, I just said no. And she sort of didn't exactly like it, but we moved on. Right? We moved on. And I hope so. I hope to think. And I do think you're right. I think one day she'll reflect back when she's going through the, own, the same situation with her own children and be like, well, you know, there are times when as parents, it's about safety and, and other areas, right, that you need to bring into the decision making. Exactly. Because in this situation, there's nothing I can do if something happens, right? There's nothing. I can't argue with the law. You know, so it's a non-negotiable. But then there are situations where I reflected back, like there was another situation where she was challenging my status quo. And it was a very different way of thinking. I had never thought of situations like that. And I paused and I said, okay, what about this is making me uncomfortable? And is that really valid anymore? And how can I get over that uncomfortableness? And then we came to a compromise, we kind of take two steps forward. So, so because, so, so you have to, I guess you have to kind of know which end of the spectrum you are in. So knowing what's your non-negotiable, communicating, and then being open to being challenged. And I think that's right, isn't it? It's the open to being challenged. There's so many times in my parenting journey where I've gone, I really don't want this for my children. And then, and it could even be, it's usually around technology or something like that. You know, I, I don't want them playing video games or I prefer them not to have this and I communicate why. And then you need to kind of change that goalpost slightly if everyone else, like all their peers have something or are, are doing something. And yeah. so I've had to make those adjustments myself. And sometimes it feels quite uncomfortable because it's, you know, I just want kids to be kids for as long as they can. And particularly as mine are getting up to that tween age, my older son, and you can see so many things are going to come very quickly. And I very much would like him to stay in, you're only a child once, it never happens again. But at the same time, I want him to be in the conversation and doing the things that his peers are. So that's been really quite challenging. And I know with you, Priyanka, having the teens and the challenges get more complicated 
as you're going along because then it becomes, you know, the teen years and the risk taking and all of that, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I use this metaphor with a few of my friends, like raising a child, I don't actually, okay, sorry, I don't even say raising, I say cultivating, you know, they're not plants to be raised. Cultivating a child is like riding a horse and you are you have to know how to keep loosening the... The reins. Yeah, yeah, because when they're older, you have to hold them tight because, yes. you know, and then as they grow, you have to start. And a lot of people are not comfortable with that. The one thing I wanted to add to that point is sometimes, and this is harder for a lot of Asian parents, is sometimes it's also allowing a child to fail. Yes. And then that's when the biggest learning comes. So my daughter was arguing with me about a few months ago because I kept saying, I said, you're not reading. It's important for you to read. You're getting to high school. Read. And she's like, no, I don't like to read. You don't know how much I read. Da, da, da. I said, okay, well, I sat with her. I communicated the importance of reading and I showed her, I gave her some recommendation. Didn't still make any difference. And then recently she had a score, a test, and she was really low on reading. And then she's then herself, because we had this conversation, she herself, she said, you know, I think you were right. And I said, okay, I'm glad you're feeling this. I want you to now think about how to get create a smart goal about this. How are you going to create, we have, we're getting into summer, how are you going to make sure that you don't feel bad about growing? It's not about me anymore. It's about you. You need to own your, you know, strengths and you need to understand how to weaken your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I could have been like, no, we're going to, I could have forced 20 books down her throat. And that is another style of leadership and parenting as well. But, you know, I allowed her to go through her own experiences. Yeah. Well, it's important for them to learn resilience. Is it possible and okay for kids to set boundaries with us? Do you think as parents? Yeah, there is. I mean, you know, growing up in this digital age and data consent and all of that, uh, I get that all the time. So I, I'm quite active on Instagram and I sometimes create videos where I would have my kids. So it was a recent example. It was a Sunday and I had been asking my kids to make their own beds on at least a Sunday and this was not working. And then I gamified it and I put some, you know, I kind of reflected on it as what we could do with some of our goals, like start small, you know, recognize how it's not so difficult to do these things. And I created a video. It was a time-lapse video because I knew my daughters don't like them on my Instagram. And I got a whole lot of, um, I almost got blasted for it. Yeah. And I was like, how, how dare you? I don't appreciate. Of course, she was not rude. She was standing up for herself and she was saying, you know, this made me uncomfortable. So she used the same model back on me. So you have to be careful with that. She gave me her observation. She told me the impact of that. And then she told me like, next time you want to put anything of me, could you just check in with me? And I thought, you know, for a minute I was like, oh my God, why? You know, I was like, how dare she talk to me? And I said, stop. I'm being, I'm not being, I'm not modeling the right behavior. She is standing up for herself. She's telling me she's uncomfortable and I can and I should. So it's absolutely fine uh, for children to, you know, in fact, if they're doing that, it's actually telling you that you're doing a good job at setting it because they are able to, you know, actually model that behavior back to you. Yeah. And if we're empowering them, we should be excited to see them do that, really. What impact can technology and social media have on a child's ability to set boundaries? And how can parents help their children navigate these challenges? It's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I think social media is it's there. You can't avoid it. I no. think it's it's right there. I mean, again, you have to go back to your non-negotiable as a family. Like, what are your hours, your time limits, what's allowed, what's not allowed, you know, breakfast table, lunches, you know, set those rules for your kids because that's the boundary as a family you have towards social media. Once in a while, I will say to them, if I'm noticing that they're on their phones too much, that, hey, can I just look at your screen time? 
And that is enough for them to feel like, oh shit, um, there's something wrong. You know, I'm going to doing something. It's actually there. quite shocking. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> so I think the reason I keep checking in on them is to remind them that, you know, this is, is not exactly the most healthiest things to do with your time. And reminding them that what they could do at that time. Mm. So we did a bit of an exercise, you know, so I told my kids, for one week, you will not be on Instagram. Just try that for one week and then notice what all you get done in that one week. So make a list of things that you don't want to, that you don't have time to do. So read for 10 minutes, walk for 15 minutes, walk the dog in the night and just take off that social media and then notice how much time you suddenly have and allowing them to experience that themselves versus saying, I'm not going to allow you to do this. Like if you, if you again do it in a little bit of an authoritative way. Yes. Again, for some things you have to. So... So you have to keep checking in with them. You have to understand what the non-negotiables are for your families. Implement them. Model it as well. Like you can't tell your kids not to be on Instagram and then you be on Instagram yourself. Exactly. It doesn't work. That's you know? the hardest part That's as the parents. hardest part. Yeah. So, <laughs> so modeling, um, you know, implementing certain exercises so that they realize the impact of that. And I think most, the, the third, which is probably the least talked about is the safety aspect of it. Yes. So that reminding your kids like that whole emotional slash, you know, what can happen. Because yes. they don't know. So my younger one was calling some celebrity number the other day. And, you know, I saw the message because she was talking to me about it. And I said, what did you, who did you call? And she said, oh, you know, there's this number and he's a celebrity. And I, he picked up my phone and I said, can I just see what you did? Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I said, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to call this number, but this is a U.S. number. This could be a scam number. Do you know what this could have been? This They could have come to your phone. They could have hacked it. Blah, 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 blah. So I gave her a bit of reality check. So it's important to make sure that with social media, more than just the time spent, which is important, you're also checking the safety. Because I think that parents sometimes don't do much communication about telling your child what really that can be. And we hear more and more where, you know, children don't really understand, teenagers don't really understand risk in the same way. They're more likely to take risks. And also they don't really understand the consequences of behaviours and online is very different from in person. So saying something unkind to someone's face is a lot harder to do than it is to type it and just send it off into the stratosphere. I mean, in terms of boundaries and phones, I know that some people recommend, they say, look, when your teenager gets a phone, you should always do spot checks Mm. and they have to allow you to look at everything they're doing. They have to let you follow them. Do you think that's overstepping their privacy or where do you sit on that front? No, I think that's important. So I think that kind of goes back to what's the boundary of social media with you as a family. Yeah. So you set those rules and they could be different. Like for me, it could be once in a month, I'll spot check. For some, it could be every day, I'll spot check. So that really depends on family to family and what that's. I mean, there's no right and wrong. I think the spot check is a bit like telling them that I'll come for PTA. Yeah. Because I will be there and I will know what the hell is going on. The teachers are going to tell yeah. me. So it's it's okay to have that. Knowing, I think for them, they should also know that there are dangers and I'm in or something. So in spite of my, you know, kids getting phones, probably most of them wanted it when they were 10 or 11. I think they only got it by 12 or 13. Uh, and then also I we set a boundary on which apps you can have. Yes. So it only increased, like it was really music and WhatsApp and WhatsApp also few, you know, contacts and families. And over time, as they grow older, they get the they get the risk, they get the right behaviors. We start off loosening that rein, as I was mentioning earlier. What about for those parents whose children perhaps aren't as receptive to our kind of conversations about boundaries? 
boundary setting? What advice do you have for those parents who kind of feel overwhelmed by the process or are just struggling to break through in in terms of setting expectations? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of friends um, and also people I know whose kids are in the teenage zone and pretty much shutting the door, which is not easy. I mean, it's it's hard, right? Because you're like, there, there is a bit of defense that comes in and then you want to put your a bit of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the parent, they should respect me. And, you know, I think people mis- misunderstand the difference between fear and respect. So, you know, you can respect someone, but you don't need to fear them. So I think for such parents, it's really spend some time with yourselves and understand, like almost look back on the chapters of life and say, okay, what did I do well? And what could I have done better? And then have... I guess the humbleness, the ability to say, yeah, I made some mistakes and then have that open communication with kids. The only thing kids need from us is love and unconditional support because they don't get it outside. And you're the only person in this world who's they look up to for that. They don't get it from their friends. They don't get it from their, you know, school teachers. They get love, they get support, but that unconditional love and unconditional, they don't get it anywhere. So if you haven't given them that, reflect back, ask yourself, And be brave and open to have that conversation with them. It's said that teaching kids about boundaries can also lead to the development of empathy. What do you make of this? Yeah, I think empathy to me is being able to um, love and receive love, right? I mean, it's really that. So if if, if you are someone who knows his or her boundaries, that also means that you have certain self-love, self-respect. And... If you have that, it's very natural and flowing for you to have that for others. So if you're stuck in your own belief system, you don't love yourself enough, you don't think you're good enough, you don't have any capacity to have that for others. So absolutely, like if you if you are someone who has boundary, you love yourself, you respect yourself, and it's okay to be able to give that to others. Besides setting boundaries, what else should children know about or should we be teaching them? I would say be fearless and have uh, always turned the mirror inwards. Always turn the mirror inwards. You know, a lot of us go into a situation and say, he didn't do this, you didn't do that. And the minute I catch myself talking about they, he, you, me, you know, versus what did I do? What could I have done? You know, it's it, the answers are all within. So I like to teach my children that first stop, reflect, understand what have you done? What could you have done better? What's really going on inside? And be okay to communicate that. Be okay to communicate that to yourself, to, you know, whoever you need to communicate that. And then work through some of those limiting beliefs and emotions. Because at the end of the day, the only thing I wish for my kids when they leave home is that they have belief in themselves. They have love for themselves. Because from that, it's an unlimited access to opportunities. Let's shift a little. (laughs) Being a parent today definitely differs from in the past. As a parent yourself, what are some of the things that you've had to unlearn? We touched a little on this earlier on. What have you had to unlearn and then relearn when parenting your daughters? Yeah, I think first, for a start, the education system that my kids went to and the system I went to was very different. So it was uh, it was a very different, I would go to, you know, when she was much younger, I would go into these PTAs and, you know, asking my the teacher like so what is her grade and is she 80% or 90% because that's the system I knew yes so that to me was the first time I recognized that, okay this is a different world out here and you know they would keep telling me like your child's amazing and da 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 and I was like but what is she doing wrong 
Yeah. Because I was that's you how were focusing we, on that. I was only focusing on what can she do wrong. Mm. Now I recognize that this system is different. So I changed my narrative. So next time when I would go, I would celebrate my child for doing so well. I'm in front of her because I knew that what she needs is the love and the support and the recognition because I think a lot of us don't celebrate ourselves for small or big wins. And then the only thing, so I didn't leave the what is she doing wrong, but I changed the way I asked that question. I said, how can I support her where she needs the support? So it's a different way of asking. Yes. But still letting the child. So it's so I think my my children through whether experiences or situations taught me to challenge the status quo. Challenge my status quo. So the education system, how I had to kind of find my way in. A lot of my friends moved their kids to a system that they knew better. The second is I think we touched upon this the fear and respect. Like the 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 system that I grew up, you know, you always feared authority. Now nobody drove that but it was just like you know you feared people who were older you feared them and you couldn't say anything in front of them even if you liked to you know say something else you couldn't it that's the the, uh, the environment was not like that they taught me how it's okay to speak up and i think i also helped them to find their own voice so you can still respect someone you don't have to fear authority whether it's your teachers whether it's your you know your grandparents even parents and i think the third would be when i grew up there were limited options of what one can do with their life now with the world that we are all growing up with i think a lot of times they would come to me with you know this is what i want to do or this is whether it's a project or whether it's an internship or whether this and i would like oh my god are you crazy that's such a big thing and recognizing that their world is limitless and not to always look for the safe and secure and option. the career paths are changing i mean a lot of the careers that were the bread and butter of employment when yeah. we were younger and are not going to exist in the future. Exactly. Or they'll exist in a very different way. Yeah, I don't think the job, a job and a job kind of way, a career rather, for my 12-year-old is even out there right now. So so allowing them to be limitless. So they taught me how to, you know, change my way of being and way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think I was fortunate enough to be self-aware to, you know, to kind of rethink that as well versus just being fixed in my own mindset. Priyanka, any last comments in terms of boundary setting and advice for parents out there? Yeah, so I think the first thing I want to say, it's it's a tough job. So be kind to yourself. It's not a book or, a, or, you know, I mean, you can listen, you can hear, you can read, but you have to really go back to the drawing book and ask yourself what the two of you as parents with your own belief systems and behaviours want for your child. And each family has, you know, a different want, a different belief system, a different non-negotiable. So be kind, set your own unique values and non-negotiables and just be open. Just be open to what your children throw at you. Because our children are our mirrors. It's a bit like a two-way street. They are mirroring us. So sometimes they will mirror back to you what you may not be seeing or be able to see that clearly. So just be open. So be kind, set your boundaries and be open. Love it. Thank you so much, Priyanka. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Priyanka, for our chat today. I am now joined by our podcast producer, Suf, to chat a little about today's episode. Hey, Suf. Hello. So what have you learned from today's episode? Wow. Um, I used to think boundary setting is something that you'll only learn as you grow older, but it's very important that 
you start from young because I mean personally for me I did not know how to learn to set boundaries and because of that as I grow older I become such a people pleaser and um, most of the time I thought that oh it's just something that's normal but when you realize that it's not and it's actually affecting you and I thought that uh, I wish I had learned this a lot earlier when I was younger so then I'll know where the areas where I don't want people to come close when it comes to physical boundaries or when it comes to let's say telling people no I'm not agreeable with this so and so forth if only I had learned earlier so maybe back then I thought only when you're a little older when you're in, in your teens but kids should know these things and I'm glad that Priyanka said that it's something that we should be teaching kids I mean parents should be teaching their kids yeah, yeah. I do definitely think it builds resilience mm. and as parents so much of our instinct is to protect our children yeah. but a lot of the time when we're protecting them we're not allowing them to learn how to solve problems themselves oh yeah exactly that's the thing yeah and it's like we've always said throughout all the seasons I've mentioned that you know we're caretakers in our children's lives and if if we solve all their problems and they're not able to then flourish as an adult, we failed in our job, right, as parents. But it makes it tricky sometimes because if they are struggling, you do initially just want to go into that problem-solving mode rather than teaching them about how they set their boundaries and how they can navigate these issues themselves. Yeah, I think it's more of like you give them the tools that they need and then they can go about doing it for themselves rather than you imposing it on them then they'll never learn and uh, I think for me with this episode is that this is where I unlearn things where I've un- I'm unlearning not to be a people pleaser there's a difference between pleasing people but also comes to my own detriment yes. and relearning that it's okay to set boundaries and everyone will be okay with that yeah and have you taught your voice about setting boundaries if yes how did it go If not, how do you plan to broach this topic with them? It's interesting because, yes, the answer is yes, but more implicitly rather than explicitly. So in terms of your body and the boundaries that you want to set there, we've had chats about that because it's really important for me that they feel safe around other people and feel empowered to be able to say, no, I don't want to hug or no, I don't want to you know, hold hands or whatever the situation is and being confident to be able to say you're invading my personal space. We set boundaries all the time, or I suppose agreements and around screen time, around bedtime, around expectations in terms of helping out with chores at home, but they constantly change as well. Yeah. So what I'm learning in terms of boundary setting or setting expectations is I need to be willing to change the goalposts if things change and they're growing and also listen to them when it comes to setting those expectations. And I also love what Priyanka said about they're mirroring what we do. Yes. And I'm very conscious of that. So if I'm saying to the boys in terms of iPad use or technology use, what's the agreement? What should we stand for as a family? What's a good enough amount of time, that a reasonable amount of time that you can spend? Well, I also have to do that. I can't sit on Instagram for four hours while they're sitting there, you know, doing their homework going, well, mummy, mummy gets four hours, but it's not a great example. So I, and I have to 
hold myself up to that mirror. I think that's the thing also. Um, it's also about uh, setting example for them, but also being accountable if you're doing something that goes against what you're trying to teach your kids and, and you know you have to be aware of that as well. Yeah, even when it comes to reading, I'm really at the moment focusing on encouraging all of us to read and by all of us, I mean myself as well. So I will sit and read while Marcel's reading his book, which isn't what he loves doing right now because I kind of go, well, if I'm telling him to read, but then I'm watching The Real Housewives. <laughs> I don't really think that he's seeing from his perspective that that's fair yeah, at all. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think we've talked a lot about boundary setting, expectation oh, yeah, setting. Yes. I'm going to go and self-reflect now, <laughs> surf and check my Instagram usage on my phone. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks, Surf. Thank you. Thanks all for listening and we will see you next time.